If you're tired of the superficial and you're craving real conversation about life, relationships, fears, doubts, and the divine in the middle of it, this is the place for you. My name is Anna Dimmel, and I'm a blogger, writer, and former pastor. And it's my passion to build bridges, not walls, through honest, real conversation and connection. And I want that for you. This is the show that will help you do that and give you not only inspiration and connection, but will help you leave the superficial for good and form the real connections you're craving. Your story matters, and I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. Hello and welcome to the Behind the Mirror podcast. My name is Anna and I am delighted that you are here joining us this week. This week, I am on the back end of returning from Argentina. It was a beautiful experience there. And and if you follow me on Instagram or Facebook, I'm sure you saw all the pictures that I posted because I just could not get enough of this beautiful country. And while I was there, Spirit and I had a lot of conversation about this whole idea of the journey of the soul and what it looks like to be reborn. And that is what I intend to talk about this week. And I'm so excited to dig into this topic with you. And before I do that, I have to let you know that this episode is brought to you by one of our faithful patrons, Robert Arnau, who I absolutely adore. And a shout out to you, Rob. I love you. You're amazing. You are one of my favorite people. And he is a strong supporter of this show, and I am so thankful for him and every other Patreon who contributes to this work. Robert will be getting a special letter just from me this month. I have made a commitment this year to any patron who supports this podcast at a certain tier level. They get a special message from me once a month, and it comes from me spending about 20, 30 minutes with spirit, working with spirit, and coming out of that meeting with spirit with a special message just for them. So Robert, be expecting your letter soon, and I have other patrons I'm working on letters for as well, and it is just an honor to get to work in this space spirit with you and for you. It is a gift. And if you are a patron, you also have access to my once a month letter that is to all of you that comes from my time with spirit. And it's usually a pretty direct message that comes straight from spirit. And I just spit it out to you guys. So that can be found on the Patreon link. And if you're interested in learning about how to become a Patreon of this show, you can go to my website, anadimmel.com and click on the link Patreon. So without any further ado, let's get into this episode. Here we go. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. This is an episode that I so want to begin by saying, dearly beloveds. And, you know, that's not something I'm used to saying on the podcast. That is something that we pastors say before we marry people, when we are addressing a sermon sometimes, or even when we are doing communion. Sometimes we'll start with dearly beloveds. But 
this episode in particular kind of is bringing me back to those roots a little bit of this pastoral sense of wanting to partake together in something bigger than us. And so this message in particular to you is very much one that I feel anybody who has decided to venture down an unconventional path of spirituality, especially one that has maybe left the confines of a religious space, I think this will bring so much peace and comfort to you. So I just got back from Argentina, actually, Argentina. And oh my goodness, was it a beautiful experience. I have been to South America, but I had not been to Argentina. And the people, the mountains, the weather, the vineyards, the trees, the plants, everything was just absolutely breathtaking. And I... I don't know Spanish all that well, but the little bit that I do know, it's amazing that it does go a long way. So even people who I might have at first thought there's no way we can communicate between my little bit of Spanish and their little bit of English, we were able to have some pretty amazing conversations. I got to meet amazing people. I got to taste wonderful food. And of course, the wine. Can we just like stop for a second and talk about the wine? Oh my gosh, it was fantastic. Um, It was definitely an experience I will never forget. But while I was there, I kept getting this sense of newness. And and I know I started this season a couple weeks ago with the idea of bravery, and this all ties back into that as well, because this feeling of newness is something that I can't say I have felt before. I have felt the pains of recovery. I have felt the pains of grief. I have felt the pains of loss. I have felt the pains of rebuilding something. But I cannot say that I have felt the the magic in the air of something new for a really long time maybe not even since childhood or m- maybe early at, at adulthood maybe if i'm thinking back like like early early 20s like late teenage years maybe um but this this sparked in me this this trajectory of thought and as i continued thinking about it on the plane ride home when i got home it has just been churning and churning until i finally was like Oh, this, this is the thing. This is the thing spirit was trying to connect the dots for me for. And so I am bringing that to you, my beloved partners in this journey. I'm bringing it to you. So if you came from any sort of Protestant background where getting saved was something to be done in your faith, um, making a commitment to to Christ or a commitment to the faith or the commitment to your church. You know, this this will ring true to you this particular portion because you probably remember a a passage in scripture that was referenced a lot which was being born again. And and it, and you know there's this whole conversation with Jesus in the New Testament about how can I climb back into my mother's womb and be born again and and Jesus of course goes on to explain something the man completely could not understand which is being born of water and spirit and so 
that for me growing up, that passage was used a lot to explain this, this new birth, which was usually symbolically shown through a baptism in water. And if your faith tradition did that, then you are following with what I'm saying. And, you know, that's about as far as it went, except for I was taught that once I made this commitment to Christ, that my past and all of my evilness and all of my sins and any future sins were covered in the redemption of of God and that it was forgiven. And now I had a new start and it was being shown to the world by being baptized in front of my peers at the church. And therefore I was now a new creation. And you know, I, I went through all of that at a young age, and then I went through it again at an older age when I felt like I was at an age where I really understood what I was signing up for and agreeing to. And and I did the baptism thing. And I know that some people say that that was a very, very powerful experience for them. I can't say that the whole being dunked underwater thing did much for me. Um mainly because I was a little bit nervous to be dunked underwater in front of people and and maybe because I didn't know the pastor that well who was doing it and I was scared he might hold me underwater too long and is it like embarrassing to hold your nose in front of people and you know the, all the things and so I, I I cannot say I had a um huge spiritual awakening moment when I was baptized I can say that I do remember making a commitment to follow Christ and how important that was to me. It wasn't as though I felt like I was new so much as I felt like I was committing to something I'd always had. For many of you, that may ring true, and for others, that may sound strange. But to me, from the time I was little, I I connected with spirit. I connected with God. I had an ongoing conversation with a a being other than me, a heavenly divine being for as long as I can remember. And so being brought up in a Christian Protestant home with the scriptures being taught, I just connected the dots that that must be God, that must be Jesus, that is that is who I'm communicating with. And so yes, I will sign the dotted line and commit to that. And so it didn't feel like a newness. It felt like an always bedness. So this whole idea of being born again is not something that I really ever got too excited about. I I would say I got excited about new starts, and many of us connect on that level, right? Like when you get divorced, or when you get married, or when you have a child, or when you start a new career. You know, this idea of a new beginning, a new start, we all identify with that. But I can't say that I felt like I was being birthed into something new. And that is what I want to touch on today. There is this other passage in scripture that talks about being knit together inside my mother's womb. And the writer of that passage is talking about how basically the steps of his life, the plans of his life were played out for him were designed. Everything about him was perfectly knit together. And you, and you kind of get this imagery. Uh, it's like a poem almost, this poetic imagery of, of this godly being 
taking needles and threads and sewing together this human life form inside of a womb and that that life form is knit and perfectly patchworked together with no mistakes, no flaws. And it was uniquely designed just for that being to be born. And that imagery I can say stuck with me more so than the idea of being born again, because this idea of always been connected to spirit is something I've always felt. And so this idea of being knit together perfectly, handmade by a divine creator inside my mother's womb, making me unique, making me special, making me perfect. That I resonated with. That that passage, it kind of rang true to me like a beautiful poem that you would read that just something inside resonates and you go, oh, I feel that. What that writer was saying, I, I feel that. I know that. And so that idea came back to me while I was in Argentina. And, and it wasn't that anything necessarily sparked it except for that feeling of newness. And when I came home and I kept permeating on that and I would spend time with spirit and just meditating on what is this new thing? Because I don't know. I I wish I had an answer for you and me as to what newness I might be stepping into, what newness you're stepping into, right? If I had those answers, I would probably have a lot more um, money in my back pocket, right? (laughs) People would pay for that information. But the thing is, is that feelings, senses, usually are little breadcrumbs from spirit leading you down a path towards where you're supposed to go. And so in this, in the mind of that, I've been following that. And, and I realized that this whole idea of being knit together in a womb is nothing out of the ordinary for creation. And let me explain that. So when a baby is being formed in a womb, the baby is submerged in water. It's it's underneath water. There's no um, daylight. There's no extension outside of the womb. It is this tightly sealed, perfectly put together package of water. And that's why when someone goes into labor, they talk about the breaking of water, right? That water has to break for the life to come out, for the baby to be born. And so everything this this newly formed creature has that they need is packed inside this special package of a womb that is submerged with a life form encased in water. It's almost as if it's a whole nother world. You know, the the baby inside this womb doesn't have access to sunlight, doesn't have access to tangible things that it will get once it comes out into the world. Everything is its own little universe inside this water place. And if you look at creation, we have that mirrored for us in creation. In creation, the ocean is a beautiful picture of that. The ocean is deep and dark and, and mysterious and full of a whole nother world that some people haven't even explored yet. The bottom of the ocean is its own world. There, There's nothing about the bottom of the ocean that is like what we experience here on land. It is 
encased in water and it has its own rhythm. It has its own life sources. It has its own way of movement and it is very much encased in water. You think about a caterpillar going into a cocoon. You know, this is this is another beautiful picture of a womb. Although it's not water, it is a tight, tightly knit, tightly bound, little tiny universe that is created just for this thing to be birthed, just for this thing to create, and for this life now to eventually explode out of this little knit package and and show the world its beautiful colors and its uniqueness. So much so do we see that with the birth of our human race. We see it mirrored in this beautiful contained imagery of the ocean and of water. We see this with another example with the caterpillar. This idea of something being inside of another thing that becomes deep and submerged and tight, it becomes its own world. That is not a new idea. That is something that continues in nature constantly. So humans, this idea of giving birth with a baby, it's another extension of this picture being played out. And so When I talk about this newness that I am feeling, it's a bit frustrating, and maybe you can relate to this. It's frustrating because I feel like I am stuck in it. It's frustrating because I feel that something new is coming. I sense it in my soul. I sense it in my spirit, but I don't have anything tangible to put my hands on yet. I can feel a current a wave. I can feel the waves and I can feel myself beginning to move with them. I just don't know where they're going. I have everything I need in my space, in my life, in my home, with my kids. Everything I need is right here. It's packaged. It's it's all I need. And yet there is this internal thing happening where I feel a pulse of something new being born. And so as I've been thinking about this and really meditating on it, spirit just kind of helped me see this in a way that this idea, what Jesus was talking about, what the prophet in the Old Testament was talking about, being knit together in a womb, being born again of water and spirit, this is not a one-time, two-time thing. And I, and I say that meaning for for someone who does not believe in the Christ story, the idea of being born again is something they negate. So they think you're born once. Right. And so for those that believe a Protestant faith, they would go towards the idea of being born again, being born now of the spirit and of water. And they have this experience that I already talked about. But It seems as though, at least in my life, that the idea of being reborn stops there. And then you just are reborn and that's it. And then it's your job to go, you know, (sighs) evangelize the world or something like that. And so I, I sat on this and I realized that being born once is not the thing. Being born twice is not the thing. Following spirit, the journey of a soul that is following spirit will go through many births. And the thing about a birth is that (laughs) 
It is what it is. It has its own timing. It has its own agenda. It has its own rhythm. It has its own perfect way of order. And when you look at what that beautiful passage in the Old Testament talks about it being knit together inside a womb, that is not something that ends with a newborn, with a child being born. I right now believe that myself and many of you are inside another womb, inside a spiritual womb, and you are being knit together inside of it. And indicators that you're in this in this place in your journey would be those feelings of encasement, those feelings of being submerged, those feelings of being under really, really deep in a really dark place. And I don't necessarily mean dark from a depression standpoint, because if that's going on, please see your doctor get some meds. Lexapro, let me just tell you, it's amazing. I am talking about a darkness that comes from going inward. When you are in a place where you are following a path with spirit and it leads you down a road to go very, very inward, and I'm talking about you're speaking to inner child issues, you are healing past wounds, you are exploring new avenues of yourself that you were denied the ability to explore before. You are beginning to find yourself in this place of almost remapping who you are. That place is what we call being knit together inside a womb. Spirit is knitting those pieces of you all over again. This process is beautiful, and I and I don't know that many people get to experience this more than one or two times because a lot of us tend to resist when spirit is drawing us into that inward place because it feels scary, it feels dark, it feels unknown, it feels like it might hurt, it feels like inner work is going to be work, and some of us don't like work. But for those who choose to take the invitation, and there's no shame in not taking it, but those who choose to take that invitation, you're invited into a whole nother world, a world where you are submerged, where your head, your body, your being goes underwater. You are zipped up inside of a cocoon. You are filled with everything you need, just like a baby in a womb. There's all the oxygen you need. There's all the nutrients you need. All your needs are being manifested right in front of you, right around you, but there's nothing tangible to hold. That, that is where it gets dark. That is where you start to feel the tension of, I want to know what's outside of here. I want to know what's coming next, right? And and I have to go back to that word tangible because there is one thing that is tangible. If we're going to go with the imagery of a baby inside a mother's womb, And if you've been pregnant or you had a spouse who was pregnant, you've seen the sonogram, right? And what do babies do on the sonograms? They move around. Babies moving around on the sonogram, you see them sometimes playing with the umbilical cord. They'll sometimes even be wrapped up in it. I had a baby that that was the case. So there is a tangible object in there. But what is that object? That object is their life source. So when you find yourself in a womb, you're going to know you're in a womb because of everything I said before, but also because the only thing that seems tangible is your life source with spirit. It's the only thing that seems like you can hold on to. That is the creator's womb. 
And when you are being placed into a womb by the creator and the creator is knitting you together, there is nothing you can do but sit, be still, and know that you're right where you are supposed to be. There's a beautiful rhythm that takes place inside the womb, and it's much like if you've been in the ocean. You can just stand there in the ocean and feel that current, feel the wave. That is what being in a womb feels like. And again, if you've seen a baby on a sonogram, and if you're lucky to have a baby with hair, you'll see the hair floating in the water. There is a current inside new life being created. There is a rhythm that you surrender to. I was sitting the other day processing all of this, and and it occurred to me, oh, I am in a womb. Spirit is remaking me. Spirit is re-knitting me into something new, into a new me that is going to be born soon. And I don't know what those births are going to look like. I don't know what is on the outside of this inner cocoon, but I know that I am supposed to be in it. And so many of you, that's where you are at. And it feels odd because there is a tension inside of that womb, which is why the closer a baby is to being born, the closer a caterpillar is to coming out of its cocoon, there is a tension between what is inside outgrowing the womb, outgrowing the cocoon, outgrowing what has been encasing it. The whole universe that has been built to support you inside that place starts to feel too tight. And we all know labor, right? Labor, oh my goodness, labor is a whole thing that if you have ever delivered a baby, you know that there is something inside of you that takes over and you have no option but to push a baby out. There is just something that takes over in your body and the life has to come. It's, it's honestly, out of all of the things I've done in my life, Delivering a baby is probably one of the most amazing experiences I've had because I was in awe of what my body can do. I I didn't know how to birth a baby. I didn't walk in there and say, oh, so I read a bunch of books and I know exactly what I'm doing. No, you think you know, but then you get in there and you're like, this is way beyond anything I could have prepared myself for. I'm going to surrender and follow the cues of my body and let it just happen. And what's so powerful is the baby does the same thing. The baby knows it's time to go. It's time to leave, to break open the womb, let the waters release and come out into the tangible world that it's ready to do its next thing in. Your next thing is most likely right outside that womb. Your next thing is is right on the other side of your encased cocoon. But you have to be willing to surrender to the process inside of that space. Whatever it looks like, that process may look like a lot of therapy. That process may look like letting go of things that were unhealthy. That process may look like letting go of relationship ties, setting boundaries. You know, this the process of being re-knit together requires surrender. Surrendering 
to something foreign, to something new that feels like it's pulling you deep down into dark waters of your soul is never something that feels like a heyday. It feels a little intimidating. And just to give you some context, my cocoon, if you will, that I've been in has involved a ton of inner child work. And I, and I've talked about that briefly in the past on here, but that inner child work has been huge to this process for me. Not only the inner child work, but facing some past patterns that I needed to face that I was not ready to face before, but now I'm ready and it's the right time and it's okay. Facing patterns in ourselves is nothing to to feel like you have to be forced into. And and that's one thing I want to say, a disclaimer over this entire episode, is that there is never, ever going to be a push that's too hard for you. And if it feels too hard, it's not the right time. The timing is perfect. You can't mess it up. You're not going to screw this thing up. It's not like you have to sit there on pins and needles and be back in old evangelical days and go, oh my gosh, am I missing God? Did I miss the Shekinah glory? Did I miss it? Did it pass me? No, no, no. The Spirit is with you, always has been, always will be. There's no messing that part up. You can't miss it. It's there. And Spirit will continue to invite you down paths towards healing, towards freedom, towards new births and new things. But you have every right to say no until you're ready. That's the beauty of Spirit. It's gentle. It's kind. I was not ready to face some of my patterns. I I really wasn't. It was an overwhelm, a sense of overwhelm. Anytime I felt that being tugged on, my ego just stood up and said, nope, we're not going to have it. Now I'm in a place where I'm ready and seeing it doesn't feel hard anymore. Seeing it actually feels like relief. It actually feels freeing because it feels like an old thing that I can finally set down and say goodbye to. That's when you know that your time has come. That's when you know that you're ready to say yes to the invitation because it won't feel heavy. It'll feel right. If this is your right time and you feel that that pulse, that pull to go inward, but it just feels different, it just feels unfamiliar, follow it. Pull an Alice in Wonderland and just follow the hole and see how far it goes. You know, that's that's the beauty of this journey. Your soul is on a journey, and the journey it's on is only leading it to one place, and that place is divine love. That is the end game. That is the place. It is to know divine love, to experience divine love, and to hopefully eventually embody divine love. That is the journey. Every path down this journey is with the goal to lead you there. It's not it's not to lead you down a path of horrific self-sacrifice or a path towards more martyrdom or a path towards saying no to yourself again and again and again and again and putting yourself on the back list again. No. No. The path is to divine love which is the place you want to be. It's a place all of us want to be. We're born wanting love. We're born craving love and connection. 
We crave it. We long for it. And eventually, if our souls continue to follow down the path that spirit leads us, hopefully we embody some of that divine love. I hope that this has been an encouragement to you. And I hope that if you are in the midst of your own new birth, your own new season, that this gives you another take on it. And if you come from a background like I do to where all of these all these phrases tended to feel weird and, and a bit triggersome of your past, I hope that this gives you a new revelation of them, that a new birth, a new life is something spirit is doing all the time. It's not a one-time, two-time event. It's not something that you do when you run down the altar to the church and confess all your sins. It's not that at all. It's a place where we go inward and where the divine creator remakes us, knits us, knits us together perfectly in and out so that we can break, we can break out, we can break through and start something new. I love you all so much. Go in peace. Hey there. I hope you enjoyed the conversation today. You can find my blog and links to my Instagram and Facebook account on my website at justajesusfollower.com. I hope you join us next week for another raw, honest conversation. In the meantime, go in peace and know that you are enough.